you might have heard today's gospel reading and been thinking to yourself or, or whispering to a neighbor, has pastor gone crazy? Doesn't he know what time of year it is? We're in the Christmas season, pastor. This isn't, this isn't Easter. This isn't Good Friday. This is Christmas. Yes, I know what season it is. And maybe you're thinking, well, maybe the, the people who, who decide on the readings for us got a little mixed up. Maybe they had a little bit too much to drink that day. Or, or you know, they just got confused. Maybe they, they forgot what time it was. Because why on earth are we reading the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem? The story of Palm Sunday. Why are we reading that story? You see, uh, let, me, let me assure you, I'm not confused about what season it is or what time of the year it is. It's not possible with all the decorations up on our house. I can't walk into a room without seeing another Christmas tree, more presents or, or lights all, up and around. There is no way I could forget what season we're approaching or, or are in here and now. I, I know what time of year it is. So what gives? Well, today we begin the season of Advent. Now, Advent literally means approach or coming. We focus on the the coming of our king into the world. We focus on Jesus' coming again. See, Advent isn't really about focusing on Jesus coming into the world 2,000 years ago. That's not the the primary or even the, the main focus of Advent. Just as the hymn we sang right before this talked about is not about the, boy, the baby boy coming into the world, but about the return of our king. Advent is focused primarily on Jesus' return in glory, his coming again on the last day, victorious and reigning and shining like the sun. See, we, we focus in Advent while we do acknowledge and remember that Jesus came into the world to be our salvation to redeem us. The focus of Advent looks forward to that day when the salvation is made complete. That last day, when the work he began as he entered into creation in a manger, walked that road into Jerusalem, was crucified on a cross, and rose again on the third day, that that work finds its completion when all the wounds are healed, when the brokenness is made right. We focus on that last day when the things we hope for are seen in their true beauty. That's what Advent is all about. See, so this, the choice of this reading was not a mistake. It wasn't a mix-up. It wasn't a misunderstanding. They didn't disregard the order of events in Scripture. No. The story of the triumphal entry is a vivid dramatization of Jesus' return into his city amid his people to the shouts and the praises of Hosanna to the son of David who comes in the name of the Most High God. Just think about the Advent songs we sing. Savior of the nations, come. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We long for our King to come again. We hear it again in songs like Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, which is going to be the, the theme for the next four weeks. In my sermons, and each week we'll focus on a verse. So here again, verse 1. 
Come now, fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. We sing for God to come as we praise him for his grace. We long for the mercy he brings to come. We pray for that peace to enter into our world that he alone can give. We wait in hope for that joy to be made reality. The problem is, is that we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. So while we may sing praises for our king to come, around us we see other kings and authorities, powers and principalities, who use their strength not to pour out blessings on the people, but for their own advantage. We see politics who, or politicians who use politics as profit. We see leaders who care more about their pride than about the weak. We see those in power who care more about winning than about justice. We hear of CEOs who care more about the bottom line than about the lives they destroy. See, there are those who see victory as vanquishing a foe defeating the enemies, crushing those, and destroying those around them. When we see this kind of truth, this kind of world around us, it can be hard to continue to sing those praises. It can be hard to long, as we long for Jesus to come and make things right. See, we live in the midst of in the tension of the time between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension and his return in glory on the last day when all things will be made right. So while we may be praising Jesus as the, the fount of every blessing, longing for him to come, we sit here and wait because we haven't received those blessings in full here and now yet. We still long for that day when every wound will be healed, when the broken will be mended, when the dead will rise again in glory. We long for that day. See, we live in the tension between faith and doubt, between a faith that has been born of experiences as we have seen what God has done, experienced the faith of others and and has become our own as we have walked this journey. We have this faith that assures us of the hope we have in Christ. And yet we still live in that tension because we live in a world that mocks our faith, that tears down our hope. We see the brokenness that scoffs at at everything we long for. We live in the tension between faith and doubt. And we start to wonder, does God really exist? Does he really have the power to be in control of all things? Is he going to come again on the last day and fix everything? Or have my experiences just deceived me? 
It's a fair question. It's an honest question. And in the midst of that, you need to hear the story again of a baby boy who was born into this world some 2,000 years ago, who entered into Jerusalem amid the shouts of praises, was crucified three days later, but rose again in glory, was seen by hundreds of people, and then ascended in the sight of the apostles. We cling to that story. And in the midst of that, when we see the world around us, we feel that tension. We speak the prayer of the Father in Mark 9, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. There may not be a more honest prayer in Scripture than that. Lord, I believe I live in the tension of a broken world where I long for the promises that you have made to be the reality I see, but I'm struggling because I don't see them right now. There is room for that kind of doubt, for that kind of struggle, for that kind of honesty in our faith. Our God has big enough shoulders. He can handle it. See, the reality is, is we're not the only ones who live in that tension. The same is true for the atheists. The people who claim there is no God, they live with the same tension we live in. They just live on the other side. See, when, when, the, things, when the trials come and they see beauty that they can't explain, where do they, how do they explain it? They, they can't. When they experience love that they can't define, that has no rational basis, you try and make it into ones and zeros or, or chemicals, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't work. When suddenly they feel the weight of a morality that has no rational basis because everything's arbitrary, they struggle with doubt, they wonder, is God really there? Is there something greater than just this? They struggle to maintain their disbelief. The difference is while we struggle with unbelief, while we struggle to maintain our belief, we know why that's the case. Because this this world isn't how it should be. We live in the brokenness of the effects of sin. God has told us that there's a reason why we feel this tension. Because we know something better is out there. See, as C.S. Lewis once wrote, if I find in myself things and desires that this world cannot satisfy, the only conclusion I can make is that there must be something more. See, when we live in that tension of doubt, but we know that something greater is there, that's further proof of our faith, further proof of the God we hold to. See, that's where we cling. And so as we experience this, I come back to Come thou fount of every blessing is the the hymn that is going to be the theme for this Advent series. Why? Because I think it expresses the tension between faith and doubt better than just about anything else I have seen. See, we, we live, we wait and cling to the promises of God joined with the confidence that we will not be disappointed by God who is indeed attentive to his people's needs. He has seen our need and he sent his only son into our world to bear our sin and to be our savior. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. See, we know that truth. We hear this story. We know the story. And yet as the song continues in verses two, three, and four, we are prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're prone to abandon the hope we have as we see the struggles of this world. We're prone to doubt. It's in the midst of of that, that we have to cling to that story of a baby boy who entered into this world on Christmas Day, 
who paraded into Jerusalem amid the cheers, Hosanna to the son of God, son of David who comes in the name of the Lord, who four days later, five days later, was crucified, nailed to a cross by that same crowd, but three days later rose triumphantly who promises he will come again in glory. You see, we cling to that story, that Christians have been proclaiming the crucified and risen king for thousands of years. We stand with billions of Christians throughout the century proclaiming the story of the manger, the cross, and the crown, God's salvation poured out for you and me in Jesus Christ by his life, his death, his resurrection. We cling to that story, to that hope. See, we as God's people, we in our day-to-day lives, we experience and hear this testimony firsthand through scriptures, through the words of the church, through our brothers and sisters. We hear this story. We experience the peace, the pardon, the power, the presence, the hope, the grace of God each and every day. And as we experience that, you and me, we become witnesses to what God has done in our lives. We share the story of how God's love transforms our lives through the work of Christ. This isn't some past thing that happened. It's something that continues to happen in our lives each and every day. And so we cry out in Advent, Hosanna to the Son of God who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. We sing his praises. We pray, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long for you to return and set everything right. That is the theme of Advent. And so amid those hosannas, those shouts of praise, I invite you to pray with me as we conclude this sermon, the first verse of Come Thou Fount. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Amen.